everyone. Uh, my name is Luke John Louis, the host of the Deep Voice Man Show. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Uh, our guest is Dave Roby. Uh, he is an international business coach and entrepreneurial mentor, uh, speaker, and board member. Uh, he is the founder and chief coach of Broadway One, a consulting firm that serves the business community. Uh, he has successfully managed multi-million dollar organizations, coached and trained hundreds of business professionals and entrepreneurs over the years. Uh, he's helped clients achieve what they previously thought was impossible. Uh, he has managed multi-million dollar retail stores to top performance and company ranking for revenue, profit margins, accessories, services, and more. So we are very lucky to have him here. He was able to carve out some time in his packed schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. So we were very fortunate. So I guess to start off, uh, first, thank you for coming on the show. And can you tell us about your background and how you first gravitated towards doing what you do today? Sure. Thanks for having me, Luke. Well, you know, I, I, I started out while well, I was in athletics on championship teams in high school and college. Right out of college, I went to work in a family business uh, on straight commission, actually, uh, selling copy machines. Um, after a year and a half of, uh, I, I would say, moderate success, I wanted to sell more products, so I uh, asked my uh, father-in-law if I could move to a different location, which I did, uh, sold the full line of office uh, products, machines, uh, furniture, supplies, etc. cetera. Uh, then the position opened for sales training. Uh, my then boss was offered the job, and he declined, so I was the, I was the second choice. To, uh, to be the sales trainer. And uh, uh, that position required me to develop a complete sales training program for guys that had been in the business 15 years longer than I had. So I had to really learn about what made those people tick. Um, I think I did okay in that. Uh, the company grew. Uh, we developed a growth plan with uh, remote locations where we went from one location to 21 locations I, uh, I developed that plan along with the management team. I was president at the time. Um, and then uh, after 16 years, I decided I wanted to do something on my own. So I started a consulting firm. And uh, I, about two months into that, I was offered a company for sale, a manufacturing company. So I put together a, a business plan and some investors. We bought the manufacturing company. Uh, we started with 23 people and Four years later, we had 150. Uh, we were recognized as uh, Inc. 500 fastest growing company, uh, number 168 that year. And then after that, uh, we sold that, uh, and I decided, what, you know, what do I want to do? Uh, so I, for a year, I sold laptops on eBay and Amazon. And uh, then I evolved into more consulting for angel funds, helping companies do business plans, uh, building their team. And for the last five years, I've been uh, coaching uh, businesses of varying sizes and varying types in the U.S. and the U.K. Wow. That's amazing. Um, thank you uh, for sharing your story. And it's interesting how, how it, you know, the, the turn of events. You, you went from athletics, but then you, uh, I think after college, you, you joined the family business uh, selling copiers or copy machines. <laughs> 
And I guess you kind of cut your teeth when it came to sales and business in, in that regard. Then you went to the different location. Uh, you learned to sell even better and do more. And then you became a sales trainer, selling people who are, uh, um, you know, teaching people sales to people who are more experienced than you. I'm guessing you learned right. quite a bit. And then, right, and you expanded to different locations and whatnot. And, and, but you made that leap from uh, employee to entrepreneur, which is scary for many people. <laughs> uh, but you did it and you succeeded, uh, which is amazing. And um, so I'm guessing the first firm uh, was about it was manufacturing, right? And you developed that firm, and you got recognized in Inc. Magazine, which is incredible. And uh, but I'm guessing you went back to your roots. You mentioned that you sold laptops on eBay, and that's that's amazing. Um, and I'm curious where eBay is right now. I don't think I've been on on the eBay site in years, but it was definitely something that was very popular years ago. Well, back, was, this was, this was, was in the early days of eBay yeah. and Amazon. Right, right. And my understanding, eBay is like an auction site, right? Is, is that that's what they do? They uh, this product you bid on and whatnot. Correct. Yeah. Right. So I, I in, right. in that case, what I would do is I would. I would buy 50 laptops from, let's say, Coca-Cola in Atlanta, where where they right. were refurbishing. They were getting new ones. I would actually refurbish them. I, I worked by myself. Refurbish them, put a new licensed Windows on there. It was back in the days of Windows, I think, 3.1 or something. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, refurbish them and sell them all over the world. Wow. Wow. And it seems so simple. And I'm sure you did very well with that. And you know, and, and those kind of opportunities, of course, are available with the internet and whatnot, which is amazing. Uh, but then you became a coach, uh, helping, uh, training, and teaching folks, uh, business owners, and businesses of all different types and sizes, which is amazing. And I'm guessing you've been teaching and helping folks for years, but obviously we all got hit with, you know what, uh, the pandemic. And so I, I'm curious, how would you describe the current state? of affairs when it comes to business and entrepreneurialism and what challenges has the pandemic posed? Well, I, I think that Luke, I think that in crisis, there's always opportunity. Um, a lot of, uh, companies that I, I coach, uh, they went one of two ways. Some of them did extremely well. Uh, their online business did extremely well. They couldn't travel. Uh, but they can still supply products to their to their clients, and some of them ran uh, ran scared. Uh, fortunately, uh, particularly in England, um, the government helped them out. Uh, but I think that what people have learned is this: I can work from home. I don't have to travel to the office. Uh, I don't have the office politics to deal with. Um, I can I can work my own hours. Uh, I can perhaps make a living. So I would I would guess that we're at the start of a entrepreneurial explosion, really, uh, because mm-hmm. um, the whole dynamic has changed. Uh, how do, how business is going to be done in the future uh, has changed, and I think that's a heck of an opportunity for entrepreneurs. Wow, that's amazing, and and I guess you're very well positioned as a as a business coach. And my understanding is that uh, a lot of people are going into the business coaching profession, 
because as you described, there'll be an explosion, an entrepreneurial explosion. So, of course, a big opportunity for business coaches. I, I read a statistic saying the number of business coaches may double by the end of the year. Uh, so, and it's a profession that has a low barrier to entry. You know, you don't have to necessarily get, uh, go to school and get a license to be a business coach, uh, right. so to speak. And, and so there'll definitely be a need for your services as more and more people start businesses. And it's interesting. You talked about crisis. With crisis comes opportunity. And I used to tell people the word uh, crisis in Mandarin also included the symbol for opportunity. It turns out that's not necessarily correct, uh, but I, I still believe it to be true uh, that with crisis comes opportunity. Um, uh, it may not be in the Chinese language, but that's okay. And there is, you know, it's interesting. During the Great Depression, a lot of businesses were started during that time. So I think history shows us that clearly there's a lot of opportunity when it, when, when it come, that comes out of crisis. You said that businesses either learned to adapt uh, and did extremely well or some ran scared. It's, it's funny because there's a saying that says that life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond. And Absolutely. I think that's so true. Yeah. You know, when, uh, when life is a lemon, you make lemonade. Yeah. Definitely. And, and you saw that happen in real time, so to speak. But you mentioned how there'll be a trend of more people working from home. Perhaps a lot of people may start home-based businesses. It's, uh, you know, so not only be a, uh, an employee at home, but an, an employee, self-employed as well at home. And people obviously want to have control of their own time and, and, and whatnot to, you know, to, to better raise the family. So I, I think there'll there'll definitely be some growth when it comes to businesses, particularly home-based businesses. Um, so I, I, I definitely think that folks like yourself are definitely well-positioned uh, for this trend to, to kind of ride this wave, so to speak. Um, now, you touched on this a little bit when you mentioned what you, how you see things in the future, um, but obviously there'll be a world where the pandemic will go away uh, for the most part, hopefully sooner rather than later. And particularly with the ramped up distribution of the vaccine, I'm curious, where do you see things going in the future? Where do you see yourself in that future? Well, I, I really have a passion for what I do. And frankly, I plan to go until the wheels fall off. Um, I, I, I like face-to-face -face coaching. I, I coach the entire team rather than just at a board level. And uh, so I do like the face-to-face -face dealing with the entire team. Uh, I don't come in as a CEO or a chief operating officer, although I've, I suppose I've been accused of that a, a time or two. Uh, but it's fun to do that. I've had to adapt to a virtual uh, coaching model, and it's okay. It, it's successful. But for me, my passion is the people. So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, see, I see opportunity, you know, all over the place uh, globally. Um, I, so I can do it either virtually, you know, with Google Meet or with Zoom uh, or travel. I was, I was traveling a couple of weeks a month uh, before the pandemic. Uh, there still is restrictions for travel uh, to, to the UK. But I, I see great things in the future. People need, uh, people need an outside set of eyes and ears um, uh, because sometimes they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, the old, the old saying, you know, they can't see the forest for the trees. They're, they're, they're blinded a little bit. And the other mm. thing is that I, I focus primarily, not totally, but primarily on family businesses. 
So there is a family dynamic that goes on where blinders are on a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, pe- people, people really want to do better, but they don't know how. And that's, that's where I come in to help them. Hmm. That's wonderful. That's amazing. And so I'm guessing what you're describing is probably a new normal, like what we'll see, what we, what we have prior to the pandemic will never come back, but there'll be a, a mix of obviously things happening virtually and remotely, but still there'll be a need for face to face. We're all social animals and right. nothing could take the place of in-person communication. We, we need to have that. You know, they say the longest lived people, uh, the reason why they're the longest lived people is because uh, they have this strong social community aspect in their lives and, and whatnot. Right. So there is something to that. And so, uh, you know, and I think nothing will ever take the place of in-person networking. Even Bill Gates says that you can have high tech, but you still need high touch. And, um, and it's interesting because obviously you talked about uh, when you're a coach, you have this outsider perspective. And it's interesting how someone from the outside looking at things objectively, who's, uh, you know, not emotionally attached, like perhaps how people in a family could be with a family business. And you could look at things right. and, and see with the, you know, with sober, cold eyes, what, what needs to be done, so to speak. And I, there, there definitely is something to that uh, when it comes to coaches. And obviously a coach can hold you accountable. Uh, so coaches give you that accountability factor uh, the yes. way only a human being can. You know, a, a book can't hold you accountable. A website, magazine article, blog, or social media post can't hold you accountable, but a person can. So uh, it's interesting. You talked about how you want to do this for the rest of your life. You don't plan on retiring, which is amazing. Um, again, you know, the longest-lived people, they, they work and, and don't really retire, so to speak. So, that, uh, again, something to that. And so you said uh, you work primarily with a lot of family businesses, which is amazing. Uh, these are probably uh, businesses that have been owned by the family for generations. And sometimes right. uh, there's a culture where, yeah, the, the family gets kind of stuck in with doing things the old way. And you can kind of help them out uh, as an outsider of the family to, to help fix things around. And um, so – you know, you obviously have had a lot of success as a coach and gotten your clients great results. Uh, but obviously, as I as I alluded to before, uh, there are so many uh, coaches out there, right? And uh, I'm curious, uh, how do you stand out? How do you differentiate yourself? What is your competitive advantage as a business coach? Well, as, as I said, you know, I have a, an athletic background. And uh, if you if you follow a uh, top performing athletic team, you know there are there are things that are done um, that you know a book learned coach uh, or somebody that you know puts a puts a uh, puts a sign out and says that I'm a coach can't do. Mm-hmm. I focus I focus on two things. I focus on people and peak performance. So my idle time is spent reading and learning what are the best, most effective practices for building and sustaining a high-performance team. And, you know, my mantra really is uh, it's all about the people. The rest will take care of itself. And uh, Mm -hmm. in family businesses, just to give you an example, um, many times people are in the wrong position. Uh, There's three sons and and, you know, one was the sales manager, one's the managing director or president, and one's the uh, operations manager. 
and perhaps they're in the wrong position. Um, I'm able to look at that objectively and tell them firmly that they're in the wrong position and they will fail. Uh, and to succeed, they need to perhaps move laterally or do, do something else. And uh, people, who do, people who do that um, find that it works. Uh, so my, my, my competitive advantage, I suppose, is that most of my business is referral. And um, mm-hmm. my mantra is, I, you know, it's all about the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. And I guess with that uh, with that sports background, you have, you sort of have a leg up on on uh, coaches that you said were maybe just book trained, so to speak, and right. and whatnot. And you, it's interesting how so many things uh, can relate with sports and business. Um, I was I was actually interviewing another coach who actually worked in sports, uh, coaching soccer players, and he said that helped him with uh, business coaching. Um, I guess this is a common thing. I'm not sure, maybe. And so that's incredible. Um, and I'm curious, what sport did you play in? Well, I played uh, foot, football. Um, had a had a scholarship to play uh, college football. Uh, and oh, what? I was in, obviously, I was in oh. high school and played uh, football there as well. Uh, it's been a while, certainly, but it, the, the principles uh, of great coaches, of great uh, athletic coaches, apply to business. They mm-hmm. absolutely do. Wow. That's amazing. You know, it's interesting. I, I read a lot of books by a gentleman named John Maxwell. Um, he, he, he's written a lot of books on leadership, of course, right. and, and he's a coach himself. Uh, one of his heroes is actually John Wooden, and John Wooden has, uh, was a famous college basketball coach, one of the best, maybe the best college basketball coach. And he, uh, he wrote a very successful book on leadership, that applies that people of all backgrounds read, not just sports, but way beyond that. And many people are inspired by what his philosophy. So it, it's interesting how he was a sports coach, but so many people uh, from different backgrounds, military, business, politics, what have you, um, read, this, read this gentleman's book and are inspired by John Wooden. Uh, so there is, uh, and I'm sure you're familiar uh, with Wooden, uh, so yeah, Very I think there's so. definitely something to that. Yeah, it's so many people read the biographies of athletes and whatnot. Uh, this, uh, th- you know, there's uh, when it comes to athletes, they have this work ethic, right? They have this drive, they have this passion to compete and be the best. So there's definitely a similarity between that and, and, and business. And so, and you also talked about your mantra. Uh, it, it's all about the people. You mentioned the two things: people and performance. Uh, I think that's so important. And uh, so, you know, you you mentioned how with family businesses, if you if you see there's a misalignment, that maybe there's a, someone in the family doing playing a role that that may not be the best fit for them, you make a suggestion that certain things be changed, and, and I guess little tweaks like that can lead to very big results, I'm sure. And uh, so I think that's amazing. Uh, that that's a great philosophy and whatnot. Um, I'm sure that you've helped many people. Can you tell us uh, the maybe the most moving or entertaining stories from your life or career? Well, there's a lot of them. I, I, what comes to mind is, or I'll give you a couple. Um, in the in the manufacturing company, uh, we had uh, we tried to build a flat organization, so we had team members and team leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and going from 23 people to 150, obviously you have to develop leaders. One of our leaders, mm-hmm. um, his, his son uh, needed a kidney transplant. And, uh, of course, you know, you think about that and the stress that a father goes through with that. And it mm-hmm. turns out that the father was going to be the donor. So wow. I, I got the rest of the team leaders together and I said, listen, what do you suppose is going through his mind? Uh, one, is his son going to live? Two, am I going to live? Three, how am I going to pay my bills if I'm going to be out of here for months? So we all agreed, mm-hmm. the, the balance of the team leaders uh, agreed, that they would make sure that the work got done in his department as if he were there. And with right. that, we paid him. So the only thing we could take away was worrying about his bills because you know, his health was in somebody else's hands. So we actually paid him mm-hmm. uh, as if he were there. And uh, the work got done, and the team rallied around that. So that was very rewarding, wow. uh, and it was the right thing to do. Um, and that's, that, that's a, one thing my, my brother, I, I always uh, think about him who, who has passed. His uh, famous quote to me was, always uh, do the next right thing. And uh, so that's a, that's a personal thing that I, that I think about often. Uh, another story, it's, it's, it's kind of a fun one. My son, uh, uh, I would always give him the latest technology. Every two years from the time he was five, I bought him the latest uh, technology. And when he decided to go to college, he wanted to go out east, and uh, we picked a college that he decided to go to. And then he said, Dad, I'm going to take up drama. I said, what? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know how to respond to that, actually. Um, uh, anyway, so uh, he, decided, he took a computer class and loved it. And uh, mm-hmm. now today he's a product developer, uh, a new position at Google in Seattle. And, and, and so that's rewarding, you know, to, to help him grow. And, and he took it upon himself to do things and learn and continue to learn, and, and he's doing extremely well. And then the third one is a family business where I, I came into, and there was a previous coach. And they had been working on an exit for the managing director. They had agreed that he was going to exit within a certain period of time. When I assessed the team, I came back to him and I said, listen, you are the one that needs to be the spiritual leader here. You need to be the leader for, you need to give me this amount of time to develop a plan around your vision uh, of where we can take this business. And uh, although he had spent money and decided that he was going to exit stage left, uh, he agreed to that. And and that was at the end of uh, the year. Uh, this was in the beginning of the year when we made the, or made the plan. So at the end of the year, he was going to give me until the end of the year. Well, that was two years ago. And um, he has dug in. He's liking it. Uh, he's getting extremely good results uh, with the team. He's developed a senior mm. leadership team that, that is outstanding. And uh, so that's very rewarding. He, would, you know, he was ready to kind of step, step off the, the fast pace, uh, and now he's mm-hmm. doing just, just tremendously. Hmm. Wow. Well, Ben, thank you so much for sharing those stories. 
Uh, definitely uh, very sure. moving and entertaining stories. Uh, you talked right, about the gentleman and with the, giving his son a kidney, which is incredible, and you helped him out. Uh, you came together, and you, you did what your brother said, the, the next right thing, right, <laughs> which is amazing. And you talked about your son. Perhaps he was going to study drama, but uh, <laughs> which gave you maybe a heart attack a little bit. And uh, <laughs> But... <laughs> He, he's working at product development. Uh, it's amazing. I actually um, I interviewed a guy named uh, uh, I believe David Fredine. He actually used to work at Apple. The management level is Steve Jobs, and he, he worked in uh, product management. Um, I don't I don't I, I guess that's a little bit different product development. If, if you want, I can connect you with him. What not? Um, so. Uh, had him on the show. He was really great, and mentioned uh, that you helped the gentleman uh, who was—I guess—he was looking to do an exit, but you convinced him to stay, stay on, uh, leader and whatnot. And that's amazing, and that helped the company grow. I cannot think yeah. of people leaving what they love to retire. <laughs> you think people should continue yeah. to work, which I think is amazing. And uh, so. Uh, Definitely. Thank you so much for these amazing stories and whatnot. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, now, you, you, you talked about the importance of, of relationships, uh, of course. Uh, and you talked about how a lot of your business comes from referrals, which is, which is great. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, obviously, when it comes to networking. Now, we, we met on LinkedIn, which is uh, sort of like a networking platform and whatnot. Right. And now you're here on the show as a guest. I'm curious. Um, when it comes to networking, it's important to do because a lot of businesses want to get to the point where they're relying solely or mostly on referrals and whatnot. Uh, I'm curious, what networking advice would you give to folks, and not just entrepreneurs, but obviously this applies to job hunters, people who are unemployed looking for work. They say networking helps you to find a job. Most jobs aren't advertised. And even if you have a job, uh, you, you know, you, you, want to, you may want a better job or realize no job is secure, so you still want to keep looking. What networking advice would you give to folks? Well, I, I think as, you know, this is how we met. I, I think that LinkedIn is an absolutely uh, great tool to uh, find people that uh, perhaps you can do business with that are like-minded. Uh, you can learn from a lot of different people. Long ago, I, I came on LinkedIn and I was doing a number of different things. I, I was involved a little bit in some commodities. I was involved in angel funds. So I would look for people uh, that were in angel funds, and I would look for people that were in commodities, and I've done business with people as a result of that. As far as, as, far as coaching is concerned, um, I've had uh, a lot of uh, people give me endorsements uh, on LinkedIn and personally um, and referrals, and I'm always able to send potential mm. clients to former clients but I think to be active on LinkedIn, be responsible in your posts. It's not, it's not Facebook, and it's not TikTok, and it's not uh, you know, some of the other uh, social networks. It's, I take it as a business networking opportunity. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I get a lot of, um, hey, Dave, we should do business. Hey, Dave, we should do business. And they don't know, you know, really what I do. Um, uh, but I think engage with people that you think would be a good potential client. 
um, uh, you know, get to know them, talk to them, uh, and just just be available. But it's work. You know, it's not something that you can just either automate. I mean, it's mm. it's work. And and if you want to uh, build a business, mm. uh, a, a referral based business, you've got to work at it. That's amazing advice. Thank you so much for that. And obviously, uh, you know, LinkedIn's a great tool, and I'm using it uh, to, I guess, what you may have suggested earlier, to you know, targeted networking uh, and whatnot. And so, and that's how I find a lot of guests for the show. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, network with a lot of B2B professionals, particularly business coaches and business consultants and whatnot. And you, you talked about how people. When it comes to networking, they shouldn't sell on the on the first handshake, so to speak. <laughs> the, uh, it's all about building a relationship, of course, and you want right. to provide value and, and be a go giver. And so th- that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast was so I can, uh, uh, yeah, you know, have a, a platform for people to promote themselves and start relationships by providing value. Uh, I got the idea for a podcast from reading books by a gentleman named Steve Gordon. And um, so, you know, I, and I started the show and the audience has been growing and it's been great. It's a great and idea. That you see the kind of people want to build relationships or whatnot. Um, you talked about how it takes work, of course. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand that when it comes to networking and building relationships, you know, uh, people think that you can sell uh, on the first time you approach someone, but oftentimes what happens is uh, most of the money comes from, or it's, uh, sales opportunities comes from people you build relationships who buy from you maybe one or two years down the road, but you know you exactly. build that relationship, and when they realize they need you, right? Yeah, you know you, you just stay top of mind. So th- there definitely is something to it, uh, and whatnot, and people need to have the mentality of a, of a farmer and, and not a hunter. Uh, those are the words of Ivan Misner. Um, he's like a networking expert who founded BNI. And um, so, uh, again, I want to thank you so much for that great advice. And, and LinkedIn is definitely an amazing platform um, for for networking. And it's not Facebook. It's not Instagram. People need to understand that it's it's for business. So, and it, uh, it's a lot of great opportunities on LinkedIn. It's such an underutilized platform, and whatnot. And you said that you. I agree. Built um, solid, right? Yeah, you've built solid business relationships off LinkedIn, which is amazing. Uh, so, uh, again, thank you so much for that amazing, great advice on networking. Uh, I'm curious, uh, what advice would you give to people uh, who who are curious about business coaching and they say to themselves, "I want to do what Dave's doing. I want to be a business coach, an entrepreneurial mentor." Um, what advice would you give to those folks? Well, I, I, I would say that a, a good coach has warts on their back. Um, you know, they've gone, gone through the battle of, of business. They might have started, uh, started one up. I don't think that uh, great coaches uh, get it from a book. They get it from practical, personal experience. They know what works, what doesn't work. But the biggest thing is, I, I believe, is Study people dynamics. What makes people tick? Uh, because, you know, I go back to my mantra. It's all about the people. You can have processes. Mm-hmm. You can have procedures. You can have ISO. You can have uh, lean. 
all of these things. But if you don't have the people in the right seats that, that mm. can perform at a performance, you're screwed. So um, uh, I would study psychology and, and people dynamics and um, perhaps uh, use, I use the DISC profile uh, to determine a little bit what people, what makes people tick. Um, but, you know, go out and, and uh, network with people. Mm. Um, uh, uh, maybe be mentored by a coach. Um, I suppose I could say, uh, mm. what advice, when you say, what advice would I give someone who wants to do what I do? I would say, don't. I don't need any more competitors. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, uh, the advice that you gave, you, you mentioned warts on the back. Uh, and, and that's so true because if you want to learn something from someone, they have to have reached the level that you're trying to attain. I would imagine because success leaves clues. That's what Tony Robbins says. And uh, I think that's so important. You know, you don't want to learn how to skydive from someone who's never gone skydiving before. And, and, and obviously, you know, there's something about experience. You know, it's uh, you can read all the books all day long, but you have to, you have to have experience. You know, you can't Google life experience or experience. Um, you have to, you have to experience experience it to, to understand it, so to speak. And well, that's what I think. I, I agree. Think so now you mentioned study, right? And um, because obviously there's a lot of uh, business school uh, professors and whatnot who've never started a business or maybe started a business a long time ago. They may not know, be up to date on things that are going on now and, and whatnot. And yeah, it's curious. You, you talked about studying psychology and people dynamics. And uh, obviously this goes back to your mantra. And I remember the story you told about how you, you understood when people were in different roles and different positions and you tried to match people up at the right position, perhaps based on the personality they had. You probably looked at that and said, hey, maybe they're a better fit for, for this position in the family business or, you know, and doing those kind of tweaks really helped to bring about results. So obviously there's something to that. Um, you, you mentioned uh, DISC, DISC. Uh, I think that's uh, so important. I've actually taken the, uh, this exam. And I found out I'm actually uh, I'm a mix of two. Pri- primarily, I'm an amiable or friendly uh, mixed with uh, analytical. Uh, my understanding is that you're a uh, – I, I was reading on your LinkedIn profile that you're a, a, a driver or a D. Is that correct? Or I'm a, D, I'm a DI, and my, my SC is on the floor. But the, <laughs> the, interesting, the, the interesting part about that is what I had to learn over time was, mm-hmm. and I use this phrase, you can't make a horse a cow. So no matter how hard I try, I am not going to be Donnie Detail. However, mm-hmm. I know that. I know that's a limiting for me, so I surround myself when I need that. I surround myself with somebody who can handle the details. Um, mm-hmm. Too many times, managers, and I won't call them leaders, managers will say, well, he needs to learn how to do this or he needs to learn how to do that. If his profile or her profile is not uh, steady or cautious, they are, they are mm-hmm. uh, high eye, a sales type, uh, mm-hmm. you, can, you can go until the cows come home. They are not going to do that <laughs> extremely well. So mm-hmm. 
put them in a position where they can succeed, where they use their strengths, and find ways around the weaknesses, uh, whether it's with an EA or, you know, an assistant, uh, find somebody that can do the, uh, the detail work if they're not good at it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And it's so important for people to know who they are and, and whatnot and know their strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think the DISC model is spot on from what I've seen. I think most people are a mix of primarily two factors, uh, two of them, uh, two of the letters, and one's right. primary, one's secondary. It's, it's interesting you said you're a DNI and your SC is on the floor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I may be the reverse of you somewhat. <laughs> Uh, Could so, be. Um, yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, you always surround yourself with the people who are strong in the, in the letter that you're weak in. I, I think I totally agree with that. And everyone compliments uh, each other and whatnot. Exactly. So uh, I think that's right. That's amazing advice. Uh, I totally am 100% behind the DISC model. I think there's another one. Um, I forget what it's called. Um, Myers-Briggs, but I, I think DISC is yep. way more Yeah, you, you've heard of that one. But D, for me, DISC is just way more accurate. I, I really believe it's true. I don't know if it's a g- genetic thing or, or God created humans this way. or um, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I think there's, there's truth to it. I don't know if it's the environment that makes people this way. I, I have no idea, but I, I know it's real. I know it's true. I've seen it. Um, it's a great way to, to sell, apparently, salespeople. When you find out a person's personality, you, you try to match it or mirror, uh, and, and a lot of great salespeople get results by using DISC, something that I Absolutely. think everyone should realize, understand, study, yeah. So definitely. Thank you so much for that. And I'm curious, uh, what um, advice would you give to someone who's looking for a business coach? Now, they can go to you, which I think is an excellent decision, of course. But uh, let's say you're on vacation, or let's say you have more than you can handle or whatnot, and or, you know, you're maybe not available for some reason. Um, what, what would you say to an entrepreneur who's looking for a business coach? How, how should they go about that? Well, first, first I would interview them. Um, uh, explain what your pain points are and listen intently how they respond uh, and how they might address your needs. So I'm speaking like uh, somebody who's asking for or, or interviewing a coach. Um, a, client, a client should understand that the coach is not there to do the work. Uh, a coach is there to highlight areas that need work, and uh, then they decide who's going to do that work. Uh, but you have, you know, you're going to have an outside set of eyes and ears, and to choose the right one, first of all, there there should be a personality fit. Mm-hmm. But before you do that, you, you need to determine what it is you want at the at the end of the day. What it is you want, you know, because it, uh, getting a coach can be a cliche. You know, Johnny got a coach, so I need to get a coach. But all mm-hmm. of the best performers. Mm-hmm. All of the best performers, whether it's Tiger Woods, whether it's Michael Jordan, uh, whether it's uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, under John Wooden, whoever it is, they had a great coach behind them. Mm-hmm. And they, they spurred them to peak performance. So I would interview them, see if there's a match. But you need to understand, uh, I believe, that uh, a good coach is going to push you beyond you even think possible 
and their whole mm. goal should be um, that that they can show you uh, hidden things within you that you can do better and that your mm-hmm. team can do better. Mm. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Um, that's amazing advice. And it's, uh, it's clear that people have to kind of audition and shop around, <clears throat> so to speak. Yeah. So important. And you went back to that, uh, the sports business analogy. Um, so uh, I think that's so key. Obviously, all the great athletes, head coaches and whatnot. And, uh, and obviously, the purpose of a coach is to push you. Uh, beyond what you're capable of doing. I think that's uh, so incredible. They're sort of like a cheerleader in that regard. And you, you talked about, right, and you talked about how you want to, when you talk to a coach, you, you want to mention the pain points, see how they respond. You want to see if your personalities match well. We, we, we talked about DISC, so I guess that's something you want to look into as well. Maybe you can have the coach take the DISC exam or, <laughs> you know, and uh, see how, see where they um, are, what their results are, and see if it matches, I suppose. And uh, so I think uh, definitely there is something to that. Obviously, you want to get along with this person. You want to like them. You want to trust them because you'll be sharing with the coach intimate details about yourself and the business, of course. Right. So um, I think those are all, that's all great tips and great uh, nuggets and great advice and whatnot. And I think the need for business coaching is going to go up, obviously, in the future. Uh, you mentioned that entrepreneurial explosion, uh, and obviously there'll be a correlating business coaching explosion. So, unfortunately, a lot more people are, <clears throat> are going to go into it, maybe providing you competition, uh, unfortunately. But I think you'll beat them. I think you'll be you'll still be one of the top guys, just based on your experience and, and your knowledge and whatnot. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, definitely, um, I, I hear you though. Who wants competition when you don't really need it? But um, uh, either way, I think he'll still be a top guy. Uh, I'm curious, what um, what important life lessons have you learned uh, uh, yourself or from others? And this goes beyond just business, just you know, just life in general. You, I'm sure you mentioned a few already, but any that you haven't mentioned? Sure. You know, I think in, in you know with the 24-hour news cycle, uh, and then with a the pandemic. And all of the things, I think, I think people have been uh, bombarded with negativity, negativity. And to a great degree, I think people have self-limiting mindsets that they really don't know what they're capable of. You know, so I've, I've, I strive to understand people, you know, what is really at their core. Uh, and then, you know, put people in positions of success, where they can succeed uh, you know, not just for showing up, but put them in a position where they can succeed. Because if people are in a position where they're natural and they are succeeding, uh, you have a high-performing mm. team. And and so mm. that's what I've learned over time is is you can't just put some. You know, you have a position, you can't just put Johnny in there uh, because Johnny's available. Mm. Uh, you need to put mm-hmm. somebody in where they can succeed because if they're succeeding, then the company's succeeding. Mm, mm, mm. I think that's great advice. Uh, you talked earlier about how you can't make a horse a cow. Uh, you said something to that effect. And <laughs> I, did. I believe that to be true. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you want to make sure people are in the right role 
for the that they fit in naturally and like a puzzle piece or like a like a square peg uh in a square square hole whatnot and and luke know, that happens all the time that that happens right. all the time people put people in a position that they're going to fail hmm. Hmm. and that's you know it's interesting and, and when people do fail they usually think that they, they themselves are a failure but they didn't realize that Absolutely. they were set up to fail and that Right, and they could succeed in the in the proper environment. I think um, that's so true, you know. And uh, it reminds me of a quote that um, if you if you taught if you take a fish out of water and teach it how to walk, <clears throat> it's going to think its whole life that its whole life it's a failure. But it it was just in the wrong environment. So it's, it's something. Yeah, good one. I maybe good one. Out. Yeah, yeah. You like that one? Great. Thanks. Um, I do. I'm, I'm full of corny. Yeah, uh, I'm full of corny cliches, so you can uh, always come to me for something like that. So I'm I like them. <laughs> so um, you mentioned before how a lot of people think very negatively, I guess, due to the, the news and whatnot. Uh, there's a saying in the news, if it bleeds, it leads. Obviously, there's a lot of bad stories. You know, we hear about the pandemic, deaths, shootings and whatnot. And obviously, uh, a lot of successful people talk about tuning the news out, um, going out of their way to make sure their environment's positive. You also talked about how people need to attack these self-limiting thoughts. Um, a lot of times, people have these automatic negative thoughts. Uh, they call them ants, and they have to kind of stop the ants, so to speak. And yep. so, uh, yeah, there's there is something to that. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the law of attraction, the secret. Um, you know, totally. if you positive, yep. you get positive. You know, and I, there is something to that. I, I don't think it's magical because I think what it is is that when you think positively, you're more likely to see opportunities. Uh, if you think of red cars, you go outside, you see way more red cars than you did before. And uh, it's not magic. They were always there. It's just that you, know, you kind of had to tune your antenna a little bit and you saw them. And uh, I think I think there is something to that, thinking positively, because you're more likely to see I opportunities agree. With, a positive, yeah, with a positive mindset. Definitely. Um, so I think that's great advice and whatnot. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, I'm sure as, uh, you've, you've probably read a lot of books over the years, even though you're more of a fan of experience in books, I'm sure. <laughs> um, what, uh, what book recommendations would you give to folks? Well, you know, when I uh, started, I guess, developing what I'll call the Roby style, um, the first book that comes to mind, I'm a big Zig Ziglar fan. Um, so I, I would listen to his tapes and, and you know, that, that kept me positive. Um, uh-huh. uh, then there was a, a book called In Search of Excellence, a uh, long, long time ago. Uh, uh-huh. John Maxwell, you know, I like, I like what he does. I, I think uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Um, the one that, that is most intriguing to me of late is the five dysfunctions of a team. Um, okay. If you, if you go through the cycle of that, it's very, very true, and it, it it's limiting to why the team can't perform. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a, another one by Gino Wickman called Traction, mm-hmm. uh, which is the uh, entrepreneurial operating system, which uh, I, I have a couple of clients that I've directed to that, and they're, they're really uh, using it well. And it, mm. it helps with accountability. Uh, it helps. Uh, it helps keep mm-hmm. keep people on task. Is really good. Okay, wonderful. 
<clears throat> those are all amazing uh, book recommendations. I'm familiar with Maxwell and Ziegler. Uh, a few others I wasn't as familiar with. I, I, I have heard of Good to Great. The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Traction, um, definitely going to uh, check those out and, and whatnot. And so definitely, I, I love Maxwell. He's written so many books. I, I, um, I haven't read all of them, uh, particularly a lot of books on leadership. He did read a book, uh, write a book excuse me, called Failing Forward, which I liked a lot, and, and Today Counts or Today Matters, which I thought was great. Um, interesting. Yeah, I actually coached uh, some leadership coaches, I think, who were, um, I believe, directly trained by him, John Maxwell. Um, hmm. Definitely I'm going to get you connected to them, so I'm going to uh, write out a few uh, introduction emails for you. Um, I believe to, uh, I think it was Sherry and Lou Everett. So they're based out of North Carolina. So I'm going to that's get great. that going. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. And um, yeah, they've also been, been on the show. And um, so and uh, definitely going to connect you with those guys. <clears throat> so um, are you ever going to um, write a book yourself? I, I think, I think it would be a great book. You seem very knowledgeable. I'm never going to write a book, Luke. I'm never going to do a podcast. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to be involved with the people side of things. Um, as I said, I'm going to go until my wheels fall off. Uh, and yeah. my, my disc profile, you know, I, I would need a ghostwriter um, because I don't, I don't have the patience to sit down and write a book, frankly. Um, wow. You know, I, could I could I do a podcast perhaps, but you do it so well that I'll leave it to you. <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for that, uh, sir. I, I really do appreciate it. And um, just so you know, it, it, you may be better off with uh, with the attitude of just being a guest on podcasts instead of having your own podcast. Uh, I was interviewing one gentleman. And he said the magic really happens when you're a guest on other people's shows. Um, I totally uh, believe that to be. I, I, I could see why that is true. Um, so definitely, and obviously, a podcast takes work and it takes a lot of time. And if you're doing something already, that would make it very difficult. So I, I totally get you. But just being a guest in others' shows, I think you get you get more of the. I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it very much. Yeah. So again uh, i i'd love to i just wanted to take a moment to thank you for being a guest on the show this has definitely been an enlightening and educational and inspiring uh, conversation uh, can you go ahead and describe all the ways that people can get in touch with you if they want to use or if they know someone who, who could use your services or to put a dynamic center of influence in their network sure um of course on on linkedin uh, just search for dave roby um, uh, my website is DaveRoby.com, and my email address is Dave at Roby, R-O-B as in boy Y, Dave at Roby.com. So any one any one of those ways can get in touch with me, and I'd be I'd be happy to chat with somebody uh, uh, that, that perhaps is struggling, uh, perhaps uh, doesn't know what coaching can do, uh, needs some ideas. I'd be happy to have a chat. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Um, greatly appreciative for that. And just so you know, uh, the information you just provided will be available in the episode description uh, section, so people can uh, see it and read it there. All right. And uh, so again, thank you. You got it. Thank you so much for being uh, coming on and being a guest on the show. I want to thank the audience for listening. And do you want to leave us with any last word or final send-off or? 
No, I, I think, Luke, thank you uh, for, for doing this. I think it's a, a good service. Uh, thank you for having, having me on. Um, I, I think the, the parting thought would be maybe what my brother said, you know, do the next right thing. Wonderful. Thank you so much um, and, uh, for coming on and, and for the audience. Again, thank you. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Uh, everyone, take care. Have a great day. Uh, and I'll see you again. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, Luke. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcast app, and if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, If you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, So... Uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app. Uh, That would be great. And if you can email us so we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise, that would be amazing. Uh, Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.